What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great Monday yesterday and that your week is off to an absolutely stellar start. Hey, a big shout out to everybody who has joined us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We absolutely appreciate you being a part of what we're doing. Shout out to everyone who's joining us right now via podcast. Whatever platform you're joining us on, we really, really appreciate it. Do us a favor, if you would, go ahead and rate and comment on this podcast on the podcast platform that you are listening to us and share us with a friend as well. Let's continue to grow this here Faction Nation. Speaking of the Faction Nation, got to give a big shout out to our top three cities from the last week. At number three, it's New Orleans, Louisiana. Boy, we love the wonderful city of New Orleans. Number two. It's the Boogie Down Bronx, the Bronx, New York. And squeezing out the number one spot this week, it's Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. So shout out to everybody in all of the cities and countries who have been checking us out. We really, really appreciate it. All right, time to dig into some news. Of course, again, SummerSlam weekend took place this weekend. And I would definitely say it's a monster weekend for WWE. And how would they follow it? Well, with the first episode of Monday Night Raw inside the WWE Thunderdome. And let me just say this. I don't know that I said it yesterday, but I have to say this. WWE was meant to be in an arena and filled with fans, even if those fans are showing up in a virtual way. The product feels different. You can tell the wrestlers are really enjoying this environment. And to see Drew McIntyre last night on Raw be able to ask fans for a thumbs up and they give him a thumbs up immediately. It was an amazing feeling for him and as a fan to be able to watch that wrestlers get to interact with their fans in some way in a live setting. And that's the other thing. WWE is meant to be consumed live. So... It changes the feel of all of their programming. Uh, SmackDown felt different. SummerSlam felt different. Raw felt different. There's just a different energy to all of that. And speaking of Monday Night Raw, we may have a spoiler or two if you've not watched. So if you've not watched, you might want to hit pause and come back to it. Uh, If you're okay with spoilers, here we go. Uh, Let's talk about, of course, what's going on with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre takes not one, not two, but three punt kicks to the head last night and I'm not sure where this is going but it can't be very good uh certainly it seems as though Drew McIntyre would not be on the next pay-per-view which we'll get into that in just a second kind of the other big notes coming out of Monday Night Raw Sasha Banks does not regain the Raw Women's Championship Asuka retains that in Kind of a unique Lumberjack match. First of all, I'm surprised that they still called it a Lumberjack match and not a Lumberjill match since you had nothing but women surrounding the ring. Secondly, I'm not sure that the Lumberjacks or the Lumberjills behaved properly. You know, they're supposed to make sure that if you're outside of the ring, you get thrown back into the ring and nobody was readily thrown back into the ring. Kind of a weird moment there. Uh, I also saw in watching that match the fatigue that these wrestlers had from going from SmackDown to SummerSlam to Raw in some of these cases. And what we have to consider is this. WWE superstars have not worked 
a normal WWE schedule in almost six months. Since the pandemic, a lot of their shows were taped with often two weeks in between uh, shows. So a back-to-back show is weird, let alone it being live and the magnitude of a SummerSlam. So I think the wrestlers are really starting to just kind of get their wind back because they have been working at such a different pace. So hopefully we'll give them a little bit of grace in seeing that, but it is definitely interesting to watch. Now, one of the things that I noted was that Retribution was silent and invisible during SummerSlam. And so we got through most of Raw until we got to the end where we saw Retribution And I'm kind of at this point, um, I feel like it's been at least four weeks since we've seen Retribution at least twice a week on WWE television. I think we're getting to the point where we've got to start asking ourselves, who is in this group? It's about time for the masks to come off or for a leader to step up. And, you know, every week there's kind of a different idea in terms of who the leader could be. This past Friday, there were those who thought that the leader could be Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt was not attacked and was given time to leave the ring. As of last night, you could think perhaps Seth Rollins was uh, involved as he was not attacked and the attack went to both Mysterio, uh, both Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic. I don't know. I'll tell you something else interesting too. Friday night, it seemed like there were 12 people involved in Retribution. Last night, it seemed like there were six. And some of these people seemed to be growing, dare I say. So uh, certainly, it looked initially like there were scrawny people. And I hate to use the term scrawny, but you get it. They did not look intimidating at all. Well, there were definitely two more muscular and taller men involved in Retribution last night. So I don't know if this is kind of a group that is rotating members, if different folks show up at different times. I'm not sure. But I think WWE, once we all can get over the amazing spectacle that the Thunderdome is, is going to have to get to a point of continuity to figure out what's going on with this group retribution. That also lends ourselves to talk about the raw debut of Keith Lee. A lot of people are talking about that debut for a myriad of reasons. First of all, his debut came as an interruption to a Randy Orton interview, which is interesting. Secondly, we got new music for Keith Lee. Thirdly, we got new attire for Keith Lee. Fourthly, we end up with a marquee match for Keith Lee to debut. Keith Lee debuting against Randy Orton, and the match ends in disqualification when Drew McIntyre interferes with Randy Orton. So there are a lot of questions about what we think about this debut for Keith Lee. Here is my two cents on the debut for Keith Lee. Uh, Number one, no, I'm not necessarily a fan of the new music. I think I liked his previous music. It had a feel to it. It had a bit of swag to it. It had kind of a a hip hop flair to it, as opposed to this, which has more of a pop rock feel to it. Kind of different. There are a lot of people who don't like his new ring gear. I like it. And here's why I like it. Particularly after NXT TakeOver 30, 
there were some camera shots that I was a little uncomfortable with. I felt like, you know, his gear has always been a little too snug for a man of his size. So one thing that's true in the fashion world, if you wear your size and not a size that's too small, then you actually don't look as big. So I think it actually smoothed his look out a bit. So I don't have a huge problem with his attire. I do wish that he could have been introduced in a far different way because my thought is if you are introduced against a Randy Orton the same Randy Orton that just fought for the WWE championship and you lose what does that do right and would Randy Orton actually lose to a debuting former NXT champion I don't know, but what we do know is we'll get perhaps a better answer this Sunday as WWE presents yet another pay-per-view called Payback. And so part of me wonders, uh, is it way too soon? Have we completely diluted the impact of SummerSlam to bring us a brand new pay-per-view just seven days later? I'm not sure that it's necessary. I don't know how well you build this pay-per-view in these seven days, though we do already have a few matches that have been named, including Keith Lee against Randy Orton, as we mentioned. Apollo Crews will take on Bobby Lashley for the U.S. Championship. We've got the tag team title match for the women's titles with Bailey and Sasha Banks taking on this new team of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, which I'm not fully sure about that. And then we've got a triple threat match with Braun Strowman, The Fiend Bray Wyatt, and Roman Reigns clashing for the Universal title. And again, part of me is asking, holy cow, so Roman Reigns is off for six months and comes back and his first match is a title match? Now, you could make the argument that perhaps this is the title match he should have had at WrestleMania since he was slated to battle Goldberg at WrestleMania. But does he automatically get put back in the title picture? I don't know. Again, kind of weird stuff, but... Go figure. It is WWE. So speaking of weird, let me throw this out at you. So remember, of course, what they were calling um, Black Wednesday. That was the day where many uh, employees from WWE were either released or furloughed. Well, we hadn't really talked about what the fate of the furloughed employees were. So, of course, there were a separate group that were fired or released or terminated. But furloughed employees, in case you're unfamiliar, those who are furloughed are supposed to be kind of laid off for a period with the opportunity to be able to return to WWE. So apparently that plan initially was for them to be able to return at uh, in July and maybe even the top of August. Well, it has been reported that WWE employees who were furloughed back in April are going to remain that way through August the 28th, and they weren't told that. Here's where it gets funky. Because there were 240 full-time employees who were not wrestlers that were furloughed. So I want you to just to think about that for a second. Most of us found out about names of pro wrestlers and producers, but we did not know that 240 full-time WWE employees were furloughed. Now, here's where it gets a little weird. 
the wrestlers who were released or perhaps even kept on were not figured into the second quarter profits because they were still being paid through mid-July. However, the other employee cuts saved WWE, get ready, $51.6 million. The producers and those who worked with the live events knew that they wouldn't be back until those shows could come back. The other staff, however, expected to be back at the beginning of July. A few were brought back, but it was just a small number. So for many, the furlough seemingly made sense in April because at that time, there was not uh, really any information as to whether or not WWE would be able to tape new TV. However, when wrestling was declared an essential business and they were allowed to keep taping, then there was this fear, and we talked about it, that WWE could lose their TV deals without live programming, but Fox and NBC Universal have no plans to back out of the deals, nor, contrary to popular reporting, were they demanding live programming. By July, WWE was setting profit records. So the employees are upset that WWE went on to extend the furloughs not once, but twice. They're also unhappy that management knew the second quarter numbers and seven days before the investment call, the furlough was extended. It's also unknown how many will be brought back and if the furlough will get extended another month. So it's crazy. On the heels of WWE doing this great thing with the WWE Thunderdome, now you have this scenario going on. So it's controversial time in WWE, and I want to get your thoughts. Number one, your thoughts on the 240 full-time employees that were furloughed. What do you think about that? Secondly, should they have been brought back in July as promised? And thirdly, does it create an issue that WWE posts huge second quarter profits while they have a number of employees sitting at home on furlough? Let's talk about all of that by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. And of course, you can reach out to us uh, in all of these places where we definitely want to hear your thoughts. All right, we've got some more content coming your way this week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, again, I want to make sure we hear from you regarding these 240 WWE full-time employees that are not wrestlers that were furloughed and have been furloughed since April. And as of right now, won't be brought back till August the 28th. Let's talk about that on social media. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. <laughs>